Welcome to an action-packed episode of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, your bosom companion, Amigo Aaron. Joined by a man who gives no one pleasure and is always guilty, I give you the Brent. I'm very rarely found guilty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty good at covering my tracks. Listen, thank God for that cheap discount lawyer you picked up or you'd be in jail a million times. <laughs> so, around that topic... We did spin the wheel last week, Britt. We made the exciting deal. Yeah. And this week, well said. This, <laughs> well, this we did. Week, we, those things were all happened. That's right. This week, we'll be playing games that are, bam, guilty pleasures, Brent. Yes. Guilty pleasures. Now, before we move forward into our thoughts of the whole guilty pleasure gaming routine, how do you define, because this is sort of a fluid definition for a lot of people, how do you define what game is or is not a guilty pleasure? For me, a guilty pleasure game is something that you play that in the back of your mind, you know, man, this is not a great game. Or, you know, there are aspects of this game so they're really lacking. But you still play them and you still just enjoy them. Or the other way to look at it is there's an aspect of the game that you shouldn't enjoy, but you absolutely do. It could really go either way. I, I think those are apt, apt uh, definitions. Now, I wanted to go into some of our personal guilty pleasures and get some of the uh, people here that are with us live in chat to uh, kind of go over some of their stuff. And I'll start the ball rolling here. because It's funny, I had a bunch of different ideas for this topic, but we'd covered some of them. But when I first thought about, if I thought instantly of a guilty pleasure, the first thing that came to my mind was Smurf Adventure for the ColecoVision. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Smurf <laughs> yes. games. Absolutely. And, and that's one that instantly <laughs> leapt forward into my head uh, because I love that game and people have mocked me for years for enjoying it. What, yes. When you think, when the, what was the first thing you popped into your head instantly? The Cell phone games. Okay. There are, there are some cell phone games that I know are crap that are just money grabs, <clears throat> right? Yeah. But I still play them, enjoy them. And now I don't sit down and play them for hours and hours, but I will sit down if I got 10, 15 minutes at work or I'm, you know, lunch ends early and I've got nothing to do, I'll set and play cell phone. Some of the worst cell phone games uh, that will still hold my interest. Another more modern uh, guilty pleasure for me is a game called The Coin Game. And uh, I'm sure you're not familiar with it. It's a indie development for, for sure. But it's in the same vein as Carnival Games, except it's all... Uh, ticket games from the arcade. You know, your stackers or where the little light goes around, you have to stop it. I mean, all the crap that ruined the arcades forever. That's right. Yeah. And, and you and love, it, you like to play these on the side, do you? I, these that are, is a guilty pleasure. It's it's actually a, uh, you can play it in two modes. You can just play it where you roam around and play the self, play the games. It's all good fun. Or it's actually a survival game where you have to win enough tickets to win merchandise that you can pawn to get money to feed yourself and do odd, you know, little crap like that while still having enough money to go back to the arcade to get more tickets and complete the loop. So yeah, it's one of those games. I know it's not great, but it's super fun just to screw around with. Yeah, I, cell phone games are definitely near the top of the list. Just want a couple of uh, suggestions that we got from the chat here. Uh, 
Explorer mentions that one of his guilty pleasures, the great Guiana sisters on the Amiga. That's understandable. The yep. legendary Mario clone or ripoff. Uh, <laughs> Pixels at Dawn says he doesn't really hate Fallout 76. Listen, we play that occasionally, and they botched <laughs> the launch of that. I mean, they ruined the launch. They ruined that game. But at, once they t- had some time to fiddle with it, it's gotten a little bit better. It's still the interface yeah. is horrible. Now it's, now it's went from ruined to slightly better than ruined. Yeah. <clears throat> Frank over at Retro Rewind mentioned Snake on the old Nokia. You know, listen, I had one of those old Nokias, and I used to play the uh, demo discount version of Uno a lot. <laughs> I guess that counts as Guilty Pleasure, but you had nothing else to do. It's funny, I was look- when I was researching the topic of Guilty Pleasures, a lot of the games that came up over and over... I guess people are embarrassed that they played them. Were wrestling games, which we're seeing right now on the screen if you're watching at home, and also Pokemon games, cooking games uh, is another one I saw come up quite a bit. Like, uh, remember, if you ever played like Cooking Mama uh, on the Wii, for example, you ever played that one, uh, the Brent? Absolutely. And while I I can kind of see the Cooking Mama games as a guilty pleasure, wrestling games and Pokemon, no. Most of those are to weigh too high quality to be considered a guilty pleasure. Another one I saw come up over and over again were uh, Rock Band and uh, Guitar Hero, which were everyone said that those were, these were also guilty pleasures. And I mean, I can understand where they're coming from because uh, you do look like an idiot and everyone mocks you for playing these fake instruments. So there, I can see how some people would, would hide, would hide the fact that they're playing those, but let's face facts. We revel in it. Uh, yeah. We get up and act like absolute morons and sing like uh, "Warmed Over Death" and have a good time doing it. So I, you know, I, that's one thing I never felt bad when, about. When doing. you produce, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, sequels, uh, that takes it out of the guilty pleasure category for sure. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Uh, did you have anything else that rang to your head that was a guilty pleasure of yours? Uh, a lot of my guilty pleasures are sort of in the same rock band vein. Uh, Games I enjoy, like the Telltale games, that you can kind of put in that category, but are too good to really be considered a guilty pleasure. I agree. You know, uh, and some games have become sort of like guilty pleasures as they've gotten older, like just because the different social mores have changed and whatnot. And we talked about stuff like Samantha Fox Strip Poker uh, from back in the day. I always enjoyed the Punch-Out games. I love the Punch-Out games, but now... Uh, because they're, uh, let's face it, a little stereotypical. They've sort of frowned upon. They've sort of maybe fallen into the category of a guilty pleasure uh, type game. But I still like they're a lot of fun. This game, I mean, but the category is subjective, needless to say. So, I mean, it absolutely is. Because a yeah. lot of people are going to think of uh, the games where you, you are the quick style games where you're outlining nudity. And, yeah, I think that definitely qualifies. Uh, but I didn't really, to me, I didn't want to go that route. Even even if those were games I, I, I enjoyed, I, I wouldn't pick them because I wanted a game that has an aspect that's guilty pleasure, not just a, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, taboo. Yeah, understandable. And I, I want to close this segment by saying, <laughs> Frank also mentions California games on the C64. And Curtis, El Curtis Boyle, I had to chime in. Does it count? Does the uh, guilty pleasure uh, figuring out boats, horrid Patreon songs. I would say there's no pleasure in that. There's no pleasure at all. If you and, like and, that, you're just guilty. Yeah, no kidding. So, killer well, also mentioned in chat that I would absolutely uh, agree with. Although, you know, <laughs> that, 
that also might signify things. Yeah, uh, you know, Pajaco mentions one of my favorites, Brett. I think you liked it too. Time Killers. Now the Genesis version was not that good, but the but the arcade is great. Me and Brett, we were big fans of that. There are plenty that, of fighting games that fall into the category of like guilty pleasures. Absolutely, I love Fighters History, and that was not one that was well received. Uh, and and the World Heroes games and those World are sort of, Heroes were good games. Yeah, I, and Time Killers is not a good fighter. Yeah, I, that I disagree with you on that, but that's just oh, me. Oh, come on, Aaron. With all come that on. said, with all that said, the Brent, uh, we were tasked with picking a couple of our favorite guilty pleasure games. I waffled <laughs> on this one quite a bit before I settled on one, uh, Brent. And, but you sort of knew right away, didn't you, what, uh, what you were going to pick. Why don't you lead the dance this week? Tell us what you picked, the Brent. I chose a game that I found many, many years ago. <clears throat> and it's known by two names. You can either call it... Portman, if you're playing the Japanese version, or Dockman, if you're playing the world release. And this is a game, holy cow, how often have I screened this game's praises, Aaron? And when I first played it, I mostly thought, man, this is a great game, everyone's going to love it. And then the more I tried to get people to play it, the more everyone was like, Britt, this is crap. And I, I objectively took a step back and said, Okay, this game is is not the best in the world, but I still really enjoy it. Doc Man is a 1982 arcade release by Tato, where you are a dock worker, and it is a two scene game where in the first scene, uh, packages are being brought across on a conveyor belt, and unceremoniously dumped off for you to catch, and then. <laughs> And then heave onto a cargo ship, into the cargo ship containers. And uh, all the while, uh, you've got other things going on the dock. People riding in carts back and forth. And then this unexplained jerk actually on the boat throwing rocks at you. Yeah, I was going to ask you if, it was, if there was a backstory to this guy. I looked like crazy. I translated the, the forbidden Japanese text. He is never mentioned as an aggressor outside of Dodge the Dude throwing rocks. So why is he on the boat throwing rocks? I have no idea. Where does he get the rocks? Is also <laughs> a question I always wondered. He's he's maybe he's a disgruntled worker. No I kidding. Mean, that's the only thing I could possibly go with. Maybe you took his job. Let's go that's with it. that. That's yeah. it. And then in the uh in the second screen, the second level of the game, uh there are three conveyor belts on the top part of the screen and on the bottom part of the screen is, is a basically the dock it's different planks of the dock and you have to throw a stone ball whatever and knock the packages off the conveyor belt and they will fall down to the screen below and you have to catch them uh the the quirk here is the packages are all filled with dynamite yes. so if you don't catch them they will explode and destroy part of the dock. And if you're standing on that particular part of the dock, uh, it, it will, you'll fall in the water and you'll die. Uh, and then on the top of the screen, walking along the conveyor belt, are two jerks throwing rocks. Well, one of them is throwing rocks down at you, and the other one is kicking the dynamite packages off the conveyor belt, <laughs> trying <laughs> to kill you. So it's a very... I, I, who knew dock working was such deadly work? You know, I will say this game is my visual 
uh, uh, explanation as to why I can't send things back and forth to Europe. This is it. <laughs> I didn't realize this is how they handle their business. They have a couple of goose thrown rocks at you. You're throwing crap on a boat. <laughs> now, <clears throat> there are some aspects of uh, Doc Man that are, are really clever. Uh, the first screen, especially. The packages that are being dropped from the top come in three varieties, three different colors. And each color has a different amount of packages that fall at a time. So the red ones are fall one at a time. Uh, then there's purple ones that fall two at a time and yellow ones that fall, fall three at a time. This is a high score game at its core. And the way you get better score is if you stack like color packages uh, in each of the rows of the ship. Very interesting concept, and throwing them in there is not easy. I mean, you heave them up, and it kind of arcs, uh, two-dimensionally arcs, and the ship is going back and forth. So to get them to actually go into the, the ship where you want them to can be difficult, and if you miss, they will bounce off the side of the ship and just like explode, and packages go everywhere, and then <laughs> you have to wait for more packages to come yeah. down. Something uh, to mention on this game, Aaron, because it, it's probably not well-known, this game ran two Z80 processors. The main CPU was running at 3 megahertz, and then the sound CPU was running at 2.5. That's not and that the sound, unusual. The sound on this game is, is just not good. It is very beepy and boopy to have a dedicated chip to it. It also has two general instrument AY8910s in it. Uh, and to, with all that power for sound, uh, you would expect, at least I would expect, that the tunes would be a little bit better. Uh, Aaron, did you have an opinion on the tunes in this game? The They're, music and the sound overall? I mean, I look at the year it was released. I mean, yeah. It's an old, old game. And so, yeah, 82. It's not, I wouldn't, it's not like what I would call, I'd say it was average for the era, you know, overall. See, I, I, I disagree. Think, I think it was below average for the era. Well, I, I mean, really do. There were a lot of good games released in '82, so may maybe I'll give you that. But I mean, I think it's serviceable. I mean, you, it, I don't, I wouldn't expect any particular great sound. <clears throat> I, <coughs> something me. else to mention about this game: it only controls with a four-way stick, and on the first stage, I was wondering that's about that. Absolutely fine. Yeah, uh, because you're climbing up and down ladders uh, while you're trying to catch the packages, and really. Four directions is all you can do. On the second screen, you control the entire bottom half of the screen. Uh, you're free to roam around with. Diagonals would have helped so much in this situation, and it and, and they didn't put them in. So it's a four way stick game. Most that's games another are like one that of its little day. flaws. I'm that, guessing. I'm guessing that this was probably a conversion, and so they were playing. They're probably using this to convert to. Oh, it was, no, this was a standalone. This was not a conversion from anything that I've read. Um, there you go. This, it, well, I think four way sticks were cheaper, uh, easier to maintain, less to go wrong. Really, not yeah. by much, mind you. It's just a actuator <laughs> in on, on well, a that, four way. That was way. a part. That was the what was going on back then. For the most part, was the that's four, true. Two and that's four. true. Yeah. Now. Some might say this game's good. Some might say this game's bad. But where my particular guilty pleasure of the game comes in is the transition from scene one to two. And there is a, a small little cutscene 
your guy loads up the ship, right? The, the stage is over and the action stops. And the guy with the rock that's been on the ship just throwing these rocks down at you comes out with a big boulder ready to, it looks like he's just ready to smash your guy, you know, throw it down to your guy, end him for good. And off screen runs this long-haired character. I don't know. I, I, I would assume it is a woman, but I can't be 100% sure. I mean, the details are, are not there for a 1982 game. <clears throat> runs over to the guy with throwing the rocks and just splits the uprights with a kick. <laughs> and it makes this incredibly satisfying little <laughs> dink noise. Yeah. And he co and he plummets off the side of the ship. <laughs> it is one of the best cutscenes. I, I I personally will play this game, beat the first level, and quit and go play something else every once in a while. Because that little the the whole animation, the this guy's been harassing you the whole time, and there's very little you can do about it. If you stack up all the same color packages, he'll get surprised and fall off the boat for a yeah. little while. But having that uh, secondary character run from off screen and just kick that guy right in his business and have him fall off the boat and that wonderful little tink noise just is so satisfying for me for all the wrong reasons. I shouldn't enjoy it as much as I do, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, I, I agree. I, I, it's you know this game. When you picked this, I said, "Oh, here we go," because you've been pushing this game for a long time. I love Doc Man. You really to get, do. And I've played it on and off, but I never really got into it that much because it's not an easy game, and it's also not a game that you would instantly pick up and understand the rules. Which is that's that's sort of the that's what you want in an arcade game. You don't I want agree. a game where someone has to kind of figure out what's happening. And so I, I did what I always do when I played this. I went in there and sucked for a while. And it, it, it something clicked and I started getting it, you know. And there is a lot of fun to be had. It's It really is a, a real original concept. I don't think I've ever played a game quite like it. It sort of combines the bottom half of Donkey Kong 3 with the top half of, I don't know. No, I can't think yeah. of anything where you catch stuff like this. And so... <clears throat> uh, 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 it, it makes it fun. And the second level, uh, which I think is really hard, is that second level is, yeah. I thought was real tough. There is satisfaction about putting this jerk in the drink. Like you said, you can stack up uh, the colors, the same colors, and put them in the drink, which is always funny. I assume that the chick coming out, if you look at the bezel for this, it's got a kind of a, a dock worker sitting there. And then on the other side of the bezel, there's this real hot chick that's sort of like longingly looking at the dock worker. So I'm assuming... That that's what they had going on here. That chick got so mad that this dude was trying to beat you up with a rock. She came out and kicked <laughs> him in the groin, the yeah. groinal region. So that that's I I, I would go with that. Uh, but it is a fun game if you give it time. One thing you didn't mention is that after after you uh, get a certain amount of boxes on the boat, a cart will uh, will start. Yeah, up. I mentioned the cart. Well, yeah, but I mean that you have to get they, there are two carts at least the front. I don't, uh, let me ask you, how far do you get in this before you, before you get killed? I, I I did not get past level three. Did you? How far did you get into it before you get killed? I can loop it two and a half times. Two I, I can, yeah, I can loop it on the on the uh, second screen of the uh, third loop. 
right. I is where I usually peter out. Have you have, have does anything change as you go forward? Nope, the game just gets faster. I see. And that's another <clears throat> big problem with Doc Man is it first of all, it desperately needed a third screen. Uh, a third screen I, where I, I don't, don't know, know what, though, because in this day, most games only had one screen. So just the fact that there were two was pretty, I thought it was pretty impressive. I, I don't know, man. I think this thing could have used one more screen. I think to, I think what separates it from being a great game and a good game is I, I don't like the sound. I think it's very repetitive. Uh, I, I think the, uh, controls, especially on the second stage, could have been improved. Um, and I think the lack of a third screen uh, really hurts the game and really hurts the replayability. I, I, I you know, listen, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do a complete like 180 here. I enjoyed this more than I've ever enjoyed it. And part Good. of satisfaction is when you launch those boxes up. You know, there are there there are several platforms at the bottom that you can that you stand on. And like you said, you sort of lurch those boxes up to the ship. It's very satisfying to stack, hit a three stack on the ship. Uh, and it's that's always great. And it's also incredibly painful when you throw that big stack of boxes up there and, they, and you miss. But there is a certain timing to it that's awesome that I like. Yep. So I, I'm not saying this is the end all be all of gaming, but in terms of originality and, and a concept that most people would have never seen. I think this game's right there at the top. I don't think it's ever been duplicated. I don't know if this game ever got in on any of the Tato collections or anything. Did you did you read anything about a home any home releases of this? No, because I've never seen it anywhere. Yeah, this game's really hard to find information on. Uh, I, I'm guessing it didn't do well in the arcade. Um, I don't know of any ports. I'm sure it's, it's <laughs> no on some intended. kind of compilation out there somewhere, but I if it is, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I. I I never hear anyone talk about this game. In fact, I, doing, I did a little research myself just to get art and stuff. You can't find any art with the words Doc, Doc, uh, Doc Man on it. They're all yeah. Port Man. The only thing I saw ever that said Doc, the words Doc Man were uh, a one screen from from one logo screen. I found that was it. So this was this was something that you I, you're never going to see this thing in any arcade. But we didn't. This didn't come anywhere near here. So I wanted yeah, to see if we got no. a release in the states. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it uh, overall, and I'm guessing this is not something you can pick up on eBay easily either. No, 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 yeah. no, not even the board. Uh, yeah, it's just not out there. Now, Aaron, I believe we had a Discord review on Doc Man. Do you have that pulled up? I believe you're correct here. If you'll uh, bear with me for a moment, I will read it up here. You know, I got to ask you, how did you come across this uh, game, uh, Brent, when you first found it? Uh, I am a uh, player of random Meme games, yeah, and I like literally will just hit random and and play a game for as long as I feel the game deserves. And this is one I just random up and enjoyed it and tried to sing its praises all as, as much as I can. Uh, for better or worse, some people love it, some people hate it. Most people <clears throat> do not like the game um, for whatever reason, but. I, I've I bet, always I bet enjoyed most it. people haven't really given it much of a chance. So we did get a, uh, a review here uh, from Pajaco6502. He's in the chat right now, too, hey, Pajaco. Uh, he says, For a game I just discovered, it's pretty fun. It's frustrating enough to keep you wanting to beat the level, but not too much to make you want to smash the joystick to pieces. Always a good thing. The second level is pretty cool and fun, too. However, it does make it feel like the game developers mashed two game concepts together in one. Yeah. Honestly, I can't <laughs> imagine... 
I would have played this loads as a kid. But on emulation, yeah, sure, it's fun enough to go back to. I don't get why the guy on the ship doesn't want any cargo on his boat. What's this guy's problem? <laughs> Watching him get kicked in the groceries at the end of the level was great. Eight out of ten. So clearly, Pajaka on the same page as you on that. On that so there you go. Brent, an excellent choice, I think, for Guilty Pleasures. And that one was Doc Man slash Port Man. So well done to Brent. Nice work. Thank you. So I went a whole different direction here. And I will say a more modern direction, much more, actually. This is going to be one of the biggest gaps between game <laughs> uh, years we've ever had with Brent's coming Many, many decades. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, my back in the day, Brent, you were instrumental in this. Uh, you had picked yourself up one of these Nintendo Wiis, you'll recall. Absolutely. <clears throat> And you told me, you said, listen, uh, dude, it's like you could go in here and fiddle with this thing and we can get some sweet action, a.k.a. hacking it, jailbreak, what you what you want. So, you know me, I'm always up for a good jailbreak. And I believe uh, I believe our first attempts went south. Didn't we try to do some chip? I think we tried to do some soldering or something and we screwed that Complete up. Complete destruction of the Wii. Then they uh, saw the soft mod came around. We were all over that. And so... When we did this, because I never really had a whole lot of... I mean, I thought the Wii was interesting, but I never really had a whole lot of interest in getting one. But I picked one up and started exploring the library. And the Wii is... If you picked one console that you could be... You could consider the whole console a guilty pleasure, that would be the Wii. The Wii is the guiltiest of pleasures because of its wacky, wacky control scheme. Uh, and only Nintendo could pull a system like the Nintendo Wii off. Plus the name... Is a, uh, I'm not sure it's a guilty pleasure, but it's something. And so, the, one of the first games that popped into my head was a Wii game, and I thought, heck, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the fifth wall here. I'm gonna break the mold and go for the Wii, the first Wii game we've ever featured on the show. And I went with Bam Carnival Games, the brand yes. Carnival Games. Now, Carnival Games uh, is it one of these titles that when you see it. And you see the box, and you even think of the concept of it. It automatically sounds like cheap garbage. I mean, that's, that's just everything about this thing, uh, and it sounds like shovelware to me uh, when I first heard about it and stuff. Uh, but uh, well, we'll get into whether it is or not. So Carnival Games, uh, known in Europe and Australia, Brit, as Carnival Funfair Games. So I guess they eh, got the, pretty similar. They got, pretty they got similar. The Funfair over there. Published by uh, Global Star and developed by Cat Daddy Games, which I find this name sort of poignant because one of my good buddies was a fellow named Todd, and everyone called him a Cat Daddy. We called him Big Head, uh, but Cat Daddy was his nickname, so I, I thought this was neat. Uh, Cat Daddy did a lot of stuff on the Wii, including uh, School Tycoon. I don't know how that works. <laughs> that, seems, that seems wrong. Uh, uh New Carnival Games, Carnival Mini Golf, Birthday Party Bash. And they also are well known for a lot of uh, uh, phone stuff, including the collectible card phone games for the WWF and, or WWE, if you will, and the NBA. So Sounds they, like they phoned in a lot of those titles, too. Well, <laughs> listen, what are you saying? You can't just strap Carnival Games <laughs> to everything? Once you get, once I get through this, you'll understand why they did that. So uh, this was released uh, September 28th. 2007, Brent. So that's a that's what is that? 25 years after your title came out. Yep. Uh, this actually got a uh, release on the Wii and the DS, which I've not played the DS version of this, and was produced by Harley Howe the Fourth and Patrick Wilson. 
I mentioned those guys because they founded uh, uh, Cat Daddy Games. It's interesting to look into Cat Daddy Games. They're a Seattle-based uh, studio, 2K studio. They're a fully and uh, wholly owned subs, uh, subs, uh, subsidiary of Take-Two Interactive. So as well as the gimmicks, they got bought eventually. Now, I didn't know this, but I found it interesting when I was researching. So Harley Howell, what, had a, his family owned a family-owned timber company, okay? And okay. When it, you know when you're out there, and I'm sure you've had this happen to you, the Brent, you're out there cutting down trees, and one big old tree lumbers down and hits another tree, right? And it's stuck, right? And you're, so you're that, boned. That's Belheim in a nutshell. Right, you're boned, right? You got two trees. So normally, if it was me, I'd just move on to another part of the woods and pretend I'd never been to the first part. But that's not <laughs> the way a professional outfit does it. They get this dude to climb up that first tree and cut enough of it down to where it falls over. Right. And then his job is to jump off the tree before he dies. That's the And guess what they call those guys? They call them cat daddies. That's where the name comes from. There you go. So there you go. You learned a little something about cutting down trees. So let's get to the game proper. Uh, Carnival games. Now, Carnival games, again, this is for the Wii. It You can have up to four players. And each player uh, uses a Wiimote, and you are, if you're not familiar with the Wiimotes, it's, think a TV remote control that uh, can, you move around, and it basically has like a Bluetooth connection to your Wii, and you use it to control all the game. Um, so you've got four players, and it, each player gets to customize their character, and I say customize in the loosest sense, because the characters in this game, in the true Wii tradition, are bulbous, dopey-looking idiots. They all they all look goofy. They're they're uh, have big old rumps, big huge heads. I, you know, it's amazing to me that they wouldn't just let you use your pre-made Wii character, but they won't for whatever. Almost reason. certainly a Nintendo restriction. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Mii's were for. You were, you could use them in a lot of other games. I don't know why you couldn't use them in this one, but they wouldn't let you use them in this one. So you may you get to put your character together. There's not a huge variety. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, but ultimately, eventually, you get to clothe them in different in different articles of clothing, which we'll get to that in a minute. So once you set this game up for single or multiplayer, then you're off off and running, and you get to pick the games. There are over 25 different types of games, so that's a little deceptive because some of these games are like advanced versions of the first game, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, and once you get so far into this game, you'll unlock uh, an advanced version. All right, that's that's the thing. What are you playing for in this game? Well, you're competing for prizes. Uh, much like if you went to an actual carnival, uh, you would go after uh, tickets to earn prizes or just earn the prizes outright. Some There are some events, if you do a specific task, you'll just get a prize outright, like a hidden prize. Um, now, there are over 250 prizes in the game. Now, uh, these are mostly... Uh, I mean, I think they do a pretty good representation of the crappy stupid-looking prizes you get at your local carnival. A dog riding a rocket ship, cat astronaut, whatever kind of stupid prize you know you could think of. You've got it in here. Little trophies and whatnot. And this is how you compete. You, uh, this is how you earn these is by competing these things. The better you do, the, more, the, the better a prize you can get. So what do you do in this? Well, I mentioned there were 25 games. When you think carnival games, there are certain things that pop in your head. A carnival... Uh, Carnival games represent these games on the boardwalk there that are custom made to look real simple but actually screw you. 
And, that, and that's effectively what the all the games in this are those games. Stuff like uh, everything from like skee-ball, if you're familiar with skee-ball, where you roll a wooden ball up a uh, up an alley and it go, jumps up and goes into these uh, rings that give you points based on which, how hard the ring is. Everything from Papa Shot basketball uh, or the thing where you hit the uh, like a springboard and a frog jumps into this lily pads. It's got those. It's got darts thrown at the balloons. It's got games where you shoot water. Sometimes you're shooting water to clown's mouth. Sometimes you're shooting something else. It's got games where you roll a ball and try to get the ball to land in these certain circles to advance your horse and these fake horse races. Uh, it's got all kinds of games. And what makes the game fun is that the, the Wii, this wouldn't work on any other system. You can only do this on the Wii because you've got that Wii motion controller. You've got the Wii controller and you use it to play the games like you would in real life. Uh, if I mean, playing, well, I mean, more or less, I mean, that's the, a simulation. I know where you're going. For example, if you're playing a game where you throw a dart, you hold the Wii mode up sort of like a, like you would hold the dart and you kind of throw it like that. The uh, world's you, fattest dart. <laughs> Listen, it's <laughs> listen. You play, go play that on the in, in television. Tell, call, get back to me. Uh, if you're playing like a, a a game where you're rolling a ball, you underhandedly pitch with the uh, with the Wii mode. Now, a lot of people don't like the Wii, Brent, uh, and the reason they don't like the Wii, there's two reasons. One, the Wii was basically a warmed over GameCube with a weird controller strapped to it. I mean, we all know what it is. And two, they never they don't like the uh, imprecise control that a Wiimote gives you. Uh, before we, I want to get too far into this. What is your overall opinion of the Wii as a console and the Wiimote as a controller? The Wii should have never released before Wii Motion Plus was ready to go. With the Wii Motion Plus, you want to explain what that is to everybody? Yeah, the Wii, uh, when the Wii came out, the the controllers, the accelerometers and whatnot in it were okay, but they were pretty bad, to be completely honest. And they added an attachment that goes onto the bottom of the Wii remote uh, that would have make for more precise control and more precise movements. With that attachment, it becomes possible to do precise, like sword fighting, more precise. Obviously not precise. Yeah. Um, and directional things and slight movements where slight movements really matter. If the Wii would have not launched before that uh, technology was ready to go. Oh, I mean, the Wii did awesome. So you know what? Forget everything say, I'm saying. Yeah, But the, I, think, <laughs> I think it would have been more well received by your general gaming community uh, than it was because I think the controls would have been so much tighter. But I, I don't have a problem with the Wii. I enjoyed uh, the things that I played on there. Obviously, it went a different route and had you playing games that you otherwise couldn't play, and I appreciate that. I'm always looking for that sort of thing uh, when I game. Also, I've been around for so long uh, and played games for so long. Anything that's different is interesting to me. Yeah, except and I, for the Action Max. Hey, take off. The Action Max was gold, solid gold. One of the things I like about the Wii is, in a lot of ways, it's evergreen. Because, like you mentioned, there's nothing else that does it. Carnival Games is a perfect example of that. You can't simulate. There are other. They've made Carnival Games for other consoles sometimes, but you can't simulate the control scheme without something like a Wii mode. 
And I don't think they ever did it better. I agree with what you said about the Wii Motion Plus, but it, I don't think it, like the this game doesn't support it, for example, and it doesn't really hurt it that much. What? Yes, it does. I don't think I, it does. I think it does an okay job. I, I think the controls on this are 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 really bad. Uh, I, I I I've played. Listen, I'm great at this game, so clearly it could be you can get good at it. Uh, and me and the boy play this all the time. Now, the one of the things that make this game a lot of fun, and because if you watch the game. If you're watching stills of the game or you look at uh, motion video of the game, it looks like almost, I, I hate this, the word budget title gets thrown around a lot, Brent. But this game looks <laughs> like a like a, something like a, it just doesn't look great. Yeah, it's a 20, it's a $20 but game. But one thing they did do in this, and and I think this was intentional, and I, I assume it was, is they sort of captured the grit and grime of a carnival atmosphere. I, I, whether it, like, if you listen to the people that run the rides and run the games, they're all crooked sounding. Often they don't care what you're doing, or they laugh at you, or you know, which is always funny. Everything sort of, kind of looks old and kind of maybe looks a little bit dirty. You know, often it. Just, yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, and so they they got that aspect of it down. Even if you look like when you start this game, you're at like a signpost. And each sign on the signpost gives you points you in a different direction, and each one of those directions will have different sets of games. And the, the, even the signpost, just like, I think one of the side roads is like Roden Way or something. I mean, it's not the, the game is not like uh, this is not a trip to Disney. This is no. like going to like Camden Park, our local, correct, uh, our local place that would, where you would play these games. And there is an appeal to that. Now, one of the other things you win in this, aside from prizes, is you can unlock costumes. Uh, and so, and then you can go put the costumes on your character. And now that sounds stupid, but it is motivating because your characters are so stupid looking. That anything you can put on them lessens their stupidity. You're down or, or, or makes or them... enhances their stupidity, yeah, which yeah. is also fun. Something else has had. I'm sure. Sure, you've got your mini golf and your and your Papa shots up, but it also had these games. Like st every area you went to had this like game that wasn't really a game. It's like quarter pusher crane machine or like one of those uh one fortune of those uh, coin operated fortune tellers where you put your money in there and you can actually win stuff with those i'll tell you i spent an unholy amount of time with the end game quarter pusher which is made more sad by the fact that we own a quarter pusher so <laughs> a bigger difference so i've spent a lot of time with this and this is a great party game you get four people together now it isn't the fastest party game no no it's not and, and sometimes you can play with your buddies in the game. It's always fun if you can all play at the same time. They do a pretty good job of keeping it loose and fun uh, when you play with your buddies. And the good thing about it is like pretty much anybody can play this, any kid all the way up to any adult, and have a good time. Now, that that's pretty much the long and short of the game. It's it's carnival games you use the Wiimote. Here's the part of this when I was reviewing this, Brett. This blew my mind, okay? Now, get this. So... I mentioned they released a DS version of this. Now, I, I didn't know. I, I had played this game. I didn't know if anyone else had played it hardly at all. Right? So I was surprised when I mentioned this in Discord that people had heard of it. you know. And so you can imagine my surprise when I looked up the numbers on this thing. This Carnival Games for the Wii is the third highest selling Wii game of all time. Yeah. I did not came, know that. It came out at the right time. It uh, the Wii and DS versions of Carnival games combined <clears throat> and to ship over seven million copies. Yeah, it <laughs> sold four million on the Wii alone. That's stunning. 
they sold this game went uh uh double platinum uh the game of uh, funfair games which as i mentioned was the european and australian release but what that means is in double platinum it sold at least 600 co- 600,000 copies in the uk alone yeah so not too bad so you can see why they strapped the game's name to every conceivable other game that had yeah Carnival Gay's birthday party? What the hell is that? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> They've released a new version of this recently. Not that recent. Uh, but they've released a version of this in 2018 for the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Switch. And they and according to the wiki, as of 2018, this series has sold almost 10 million units. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that, the popularity of the game. No, so Aaron- I was surprised. It, it, I don't know if you knew this, but I own this game. No, I didn't know. No, I didn't yeah. have no idea. Yep. This is one of the games. Uh, I only picked up probably, oh, seven or eight Wii titles overall. And this was one of them. And uh, uh, I want to jump in here with my two cents. Yeah, please. What did you I think played this game to completion. Oh. All, uh, all, all, uh, all costumes unlocked, all games unlocked, all prizes won. Um, so when you pick this as your guilty pleasure, I wholeheartedly approve because the game is not that good. Uh, it has a lot of problems, and it has a lot of uh, uh, pacing issues. When you get in and you play a a 15-second minigame, and then you set through... 30 seconds of loading or transition screens that can wear on a person. Yes. And and that is something this game has over and over and over again. Yeah. So, and it's compounded with multiplayer. It does. It runs at a snail's pace. That's true. This is a good one where you sit down with a drink with your buddies and you don't pay much attention until it's your turn. Then you jump in. That's what's good about it. uh, Some things to mention. I hate playing this multiplayer. (laughs) <laughs> and just for, for the reason you said, it absolutely makes everything take so long. You have to be drunk to enjoy it because otherwise you just, it's minutes for 10 seconds of action. And to me, that's that's no way to game no matter what you're doing. Uh, and I like Mario Party, which has the, a lot of the same feel. Yeah. So there you go. Actually, I thought about picking that one too for Guilty Pledges. I like that one too. So let me ask you. What was I'd like to know this just for edification. What was your favorite event, and what's your least favorite event? Oh man, favorite event. I, are we including all the little mini everything, middle everything. games too? Yeah. Um, I really like Coin Pusher. Yes, it's outstanding. Um, but I, I like the what's that? Blinko is fun as well. The where you're catching the acorn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, giant ring toss where you're throwing the hula hoop over the moving bottles. Yeah. It's one of the bonus games. I I, I like doing that because it was fun to try to get all of them clumped together. You get like five or six bottles at a time. Now, what's your least favorite event? And it's funny because it just showed up on the screen. This. Yep. The yep. ring, the electrical ring. Over It's this, the Wiimote not equipped for this event. Absolutely. I, I hate uh, this event in real life. It's where you move a metal ring over a wire without touching it. Yeah. It is incredible hard on this game, and I hate it. Well, it, it, this game lets you cheat even, because you can actually hit the wire 
and it what doesn't just end your game. There's a counter going down. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you get it through the counter fast enough, uh, you can just hit the side and then move real quickly to the end. But it still takes twisting your wrist and motions that uh, without the Wii Motion Plus, the Wii just does not really suit itself well was, for. Was that your least favorite? Oh yes. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So there you go. So and also the uh, the um, ski ball. With the blockers, uh, yeah. that sucked. Uh, I to like try the to... ball. It's fun, though. Well, then it's okay. It's okay. After you play some of this stuff in VR uh, with better, way more precise controls and better depth perception, because you know there's depth perception. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's now it's, it's hard to come back to this. But at the time, I played the heck out of this game. And I knew it sucked, and I still did it. You know, I want to say what my, the Luke's favorite event in this is the clown heads you knock down with the balls. And they've actually got that event at the uh, uh, Great Wolf Lodge in Ohio. He's also great at it there. So the, it tra- his skill translated to the home version. <laughs> you know, I looked up some Even of- though those, the clown head knockdown thing, is, it doesn't play like anything. It has a circle that moves back and forth that then you just kind of flick your wrist when you for the timing. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I looked up some reviews on this. The reviews of this are pretty interesting. These are these are of the era, so these aren't new reviews. Uh, Game Chronicles gave this an 8.3 out of 10. A Game Trailer, 7.3. GameAlmighty.com in 2007 gave this a 6.8. IGN gave it a 6.5. Game Informer gave it a 5.5. You can see where we're going here. Uh, <laughs> NetJack gave it a 4.5. VideoGamer.com gave it a 4. GoodGame.com gave it a 4. And Game Revolution gave it a D. So this game was not wide. This game was critically, I'm not going to say panned, but it was a lukewarm response. Uh, when it well, came it was out. all over the place. Those but, ra- well, I mean, scores rang from good know, to 8.3 to is the highest one. And there's a well, lot that's more good. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I I think this game is I, I love this game I really do I love this game despite the th- and the funny thing is everything there's a lot of it that I hate I hate the way your characters look for example but I still love the game it's a different I thought it was a unique idea and I got to give them credit for coming up with it uh, I should mention on eBay get this thing for five bucks or less uh, if it's loose and sealed copy you can buy for twenty five bucks we did have one uh we did have one review of this and this is also from Pajaco. He says, on the surface, this has all the hallmarks of being a great, fun, party-type game. Sadly, it is let down by unresponsive controls that never seem to do the same thing twice. It's constant sh- it's constant showing you how cool you are with a cutscene animation. Every time you do anything successful, add to this the slow restarts between rounds and games. And games, this games feel like it could have been done with another six months of development. So I guess what he's saying is, it needs, six, it needs more time in the oven. However, I did like the ticket games, like the coin drop and the marble drop. Sadly, though, this one's not for me. Four out of ten, I should mention that Pajaco actually went out and bought this game. Six, <laughs> he paid six pounds. So there you go. I think, I think, especially if you've got kids, this game uh, is a lot of fun and a good time uh, in general. But there you go. That was Carnival Games, Brent. I think, I think two, both the games he picked were guilty pleasures in that they're not what I would call wildly successful are wildly popular, but are fun for certain people that are are, are just goofy or 
have mental problems. Wow. (laughs) Well explained, Aaron. Well explained. With all that said, let's get out of here quick. Transition to the wheel. Here we go. Now, speak of mental problems. I lost all the wheel pieces, Brent. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, As I mentioned to you before the show, I'll find them, I promise. So I had to sort of impromptu improvise some homemade pieces. Uh, You can see right here is one. The PC-9800. This was a suggestion by Super Tech Boy. And the other homemade piece this week was the Retro Rewind piece, the Auric. The Auric computer, Brent. Are you ready, the Brent, to see the wheels result? You know, Aaron, I'm not mad. I'm yeah. just disappointed. Well, I'm sorry. I'll find it. Listen, I cleaned up my room. You should be proud of me. Here we go. It's going to be awesome. What's it going to be? The winner is, it's not one of mine, Globe Trotting Adventures. This All is right. A, this is a suggestion by uh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. So that means mul- That means you have to have multiple game tr- uh, globe trying to get rich. Do you have a thought on that, Brent? Off the top of your head, does anything spring into mind? Uh, well, you understand what it's saying, right? It's a, a game where you travel to uh, multiple locations around the world. Well, duh. I, I do know what globe trotting means. I, just because I, just, I wrote my own pieces in ink and put them in here doesn't mean I'm a complete idiot. I've globe just, trotting. You, know, you have to be. You, it's games from, that have the globe trotters, right? That's well, we, I could definitely play that, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm just saying. I know we got to slow some things down for you now. You can't even keep a bag of uh, uh, wheel pieces listen, from being lost or destroyed. I'm going to put you in a bag. We don't hush. So listen, I want to tell and everyone. Lose me? Well, yeah. There you go. That's not the worst idea. Next week, Brent, the big week. Please join us on uh, the 24th at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 o'clock UTC for everyone's favorite. Bam, it's the Amigathon 2021, Brent. It's finally here. We've been pushing and building this sucker for a long time, and it has arrived. Uh, Amigathon 2021. Brent's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Uh, we're going to be joined by a lot of uh, folks, including Amiga Bill, Dan and Ravi for the Retro Hour, Kim Justice. Uh, Doug from 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, Control Art Reese. We're going to have many, many other activities going on. Should be a lot of fun. And it's all to raise money, Brent, for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, We don't touch a dime. We're not getting involved in that. We just want to see the money get raised. They don't let you touch the money. Now, if you are interested in uh, contributing to the Amigathon, you can actually hop over to Amigathon.com. What a name. And, and donate. We've already raised 1300 bucks uh, even before the uh, thing starts. Uh, and it would be awesome. And all the money goes directly to the Children's Miracle Network. It should be a lot of fun. That will be starting at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, U, uh, 12 o'clock UTC. And this thing is going to run well into the night because after we go off uh, of the main broadcast at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, that's when the uh, our good buddies, the Super Duper Streamer Squad, comes in. You're going to get a couple hours of Jack Flack. You're going to get a couple hours of Mr. Cola. You're going to get a, a, an hour of Stevie Stroh from the Coco Talk. You're going to get a bunch of hours from uh, David Z of Wild Wild World of Retro. And you're going to get even an hour from the Team Speaker Regulars. They're going to throw their hat in the ring as well. 
And uh, who knows who else will join us on this thing, Brent? It's going to be crazy. It should be a lot of fun. What are your What are your thoughts going into Amigathon this year? Uh, you know, Amigathon always a a good time, uh, both to watch and particularly be a part of. Uh, also, great calls. So, I hope everyone does come out and 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 join us for as much as they can. I, I don't expect anyone to stay there the whole. 24 hours or even the whole 12 hours i don't plan on doing that i will by god i'll be there for 12 straight hours of non-stop amiga air in action it's it's always fun and you know i really hope that we get a good turnout this year yeah i really do i agree so that much said what's going to happen next weekend in our time slot one would ask we are not going to be performing a live ARG next week. Uh, Aaron has already wussed out, so we're going to delay a week. It is a 12-hour uh, marathon. That's true. That's true. Plus extra TeamSpeak regular time. Yes. Uh, however, I'm going to be uh, putting up a special video in the ARG Presents time slot. It will come out uh, next Sunday of... Places I played, and I'm going to travel back to a place where I used to do a lot of gaming and see the condition it's in now. And if this is, if it turns out to be popular, uh, it's something I would, there's a few places for sure I'd like to go and and revisit and kind of tell a history. It's not only the history of the place, it's a history of how things used to be. Uh, and really, I'll look back at some of my gaming history and some of my life in general. I like it. So this is sort of a Brent. This is a Brent special presentation, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I this the first one's going to be a little rough. Uh, I tried to film in the location, and, and they kind of said no. So I'm going to try to go back this week and get some at least still shots. So, so we'll so see how it a, goes. This presentation is still in the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to get. I want to. There's some shots that I wasn't able to get that I'd like to get. So we'll we'll make it happen. Well, there you go. There you go. Very good. So that's exciting. Now I'm excited to see that. So that will be uh, next next Sunday at 10 a.m. No, uh, and then, oh, 12, oh, 12. 12 on YouTube. Oh, sorry, it'll be at noon, and then we will be back in our usual spot uh, in two weeks. Two weeks from today. I do want to mention before we go that we, uh, at the 11th hour, we had another Patreon come on board. Let's give a big thumbs up to our good buddy, Texas Foosballer, who uh, signed up last night and was playing with these speaker regulars last night. So we had a lot of fun. So thanks for getting on board, Texas. And I, now Brent will have to make another video. And that's always good for a laugh. So and and that, that video will not be coming out, uh, obviously, until... Two weeks from today, because we won't have another show till then. So. You know, Pixels brings up a valid point, Brent, uh, in terms of your gaming past. They will not let you film in strip clubs, so that will be a problem. You know, everyone Don't knows worry, about moving, arcade strip clubs. Moving forward, I'm going to try to get a body cam, oh. and and those are those are, are a little uh, more or less conspicuous than me walking around with a cell phone up. So we'll with your with your body, you could tie a crane shot to your chest to walk around. <laughs> So anyway, with all that said, we'll take to the house. We'll see all of you out there, each and every one of you, at Amigathon 2021 coming up next Saturday, 12 UTC, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Times. Please join us, won't you? And until then, bam, go to your local carnival, for God's sakes. And then go to the dock 
and kick a guy low. Adios. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Hello to all of our YouTube subscribers and Twitch followers. Duncan Styles, thank you for your vector graphics. Bark Dick, thank you for your amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fantastic folks. Paco6502, Kevin Bean, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, C9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Fackman, Electroalgy, Andy Jones, Dave Velociraptor, Andy Craig, Rob Flack O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Crispos, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, John Schaller, Carrie Heather, oh, Terry Howard, Anthony Jarvis, Olaf Hope, Rolo, Roshi, and Graham, W.O. They all have access to our Discord channel, their names caught out in the credits, and early access to special videos. And you could too. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. We record live every Sunday at 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.